Hey, Sarah. How's it going? How are you doing? I'm doing good, Faith. How are you? Pretty good. I think I could do with a little bit more sleep, but, you know, normal, special needs mom life. Right. Um, everyone, everyone, welcome to Disrupt and Lead, these conversations that we have about the courage that it takes to create more of what we want in the middle of chaos and crazy moments and life. And I'm here with my new friend, Sarah, who is an author and a speaker and a business owner and um, is a special needs mom. So like so many of the women I get to talk to, we get to hear the inside story of the rhythm of life. Sarah, I know that if your life is anything like mine, it can get kind of hectic. A little bit. Um, and a little bit, right? And yet there is this opportunity sometimes to to do something different, to have a different mark, maybe to answer an inner call within that, that kind of is clear sometimes within the disruption. So everybody who's listening um, can find your bio in the show notes, but tell us a little bit more about who you are, who's Sarah on the inside, regardless of roles and, you know, all the structures that we give ourselves for you. Sure. So Sandra Peoples likes to refer to me as the resident extrovert when we go to uh, the conference at Inclusion Fusion Live with Key Ministry. I'm a speaker for for them, and I've gone to um, both of their first annual conferences. Um, they had one in 2018, and I went to the one in 2019. And so people know me as this outgoing, bubbly, not necessarily happy all the time, but just super outgoing, super friendly, wanting to include. I have a heart for the ones who are on the outside. So looking to see who's sitting alone, who's not being talked to and reaching out to them and bringing them in. I love to be a gatherer of peoples, mm. um, which kind of sounds strange. I don't, maybe it doesn't sound strange. I don't know. Um, but I just, I love bringing people together in relationship to each other. And there was a few years ago, uh, I'm fairly new to to the church that we're in now. My husband's a worship pastor, and we just moved here four years ago. And um, a couple years ago, I had made you know some friends, and I was having like a girls' movie night. And not all the women that came knew each other, but through that, they got to know each other. And then later on, I would hear of them talking together, or getting together, and doing things together, and creating friendship and building a relationship together. And that, that makes my heart so happy. I'm always a little jealous that I'm not always involved in everything, but I just, I, you, you want to be in it. You're in the middle. You want to be in the middle. I want to be in the middle of it, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to be good with not being in the middle of everything. I just, I can't, you know, um, but I do love bringing people together in relationship and being whether that's bringing them in relationship with myself and in a friendship um, or bringing other people in relationship together, um, helping ministry leaders and parents learn how to be in relationship together. So you and I have talked a lot about, about that before, but uh, relationship is, is really where my heart is and, and building that and facilitating that. So you're a connector. That's like, you're the, you're the person that brings people together and, I feel like connection is like the lifeblood of so many of our systems and of our lives. Like it's the, it's the juice that things run on, right? Were you this way as a child? How did this evolve for you as a, as a person, this passion for building, helping people build relationships and building relationships? 
Well, my my dad had a job in computers, and so we weren't a military family. We didn't move around as often as military families do, but we had a handful of moves in my life up until I was in fifth grade. And you know, I was born in Virginia. We moved to Texas. We moved around in Texas. We moved back to Virginia. We moved around to Virginia. Then I went to wow. college in Tennessee. My parents moved to North Carolina. So I was kind of in North Carolina over college. And my husband and I were in Nashville together in Tennessee when we were first married. Then we moved to Kansas City, then went into ministry Whoa. in Maryland, and now we're in Kentucky. So, wow. right. But not as wow as, you know, my mom who's lived in 48 states in Taiwan because they did live oh, in my word. Mm-hmm. So I, so I can't, so when I tell her that I've told people I've moved around a lot, she's like, well, not really. Well, <laughs> to most people moving a handful of times, that's a lot. To a lot. A lot. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but moving around the, the, you know, what, what moving around I did, I learned how to engage other people because you can't just sit on the outside and hope someone notices you and brings you into conversation. So Mm -hmm. I learned how to just insert myself into conversation and into relationship and walk up to the group of girls standing in a circle and say, hi, I'm Sarah. (laughs) Who are you? What are we talking about? And, and if I got to know someone fairly well, even within a few minutes, sometimes Sometimes that's not always the best way to do things, but sometimes right away, I just felt a click and it was just kind of a, you know, we're going to be friends. Here's my number. Mm-hmm. Answer it when I call you. Text me back when I text you. And that has actually worked sometimes. And I've had actually even had some people do that with me. Like I can tell we're going to be really good friends. And then we were. Wow. So I learned, I, I knew what it was to be on the outside. I knew, it, I, I, I wasn't all, I was not the popular girl in school. I was not a cheerleader. I wasn't, you know, I was, I was in band. I had a good group of friends. Um, but I, I know what it is to kind of be on the outside wanting to be on the inside. And, right. and so I, I have a lot of empathy and just strong feelings that, especially within the church, specifically within the church, that um, we need to be engaging the people that come in through the doors, whether those are church members who have been there for 15 plus years or whether they're brand new, we need to be engaging each other in relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think just growing up in that way helped to kind of make, make me more outgoing and it kind of forced me to be who I am now and yeah. So it's, it's you're talking about the intention behind, you know, building relationship because so many of us, you know, you go to school with some people or whatever, it's convenience, it's relationship by convenience. You were close to each other and so, but maybe it's the moving all around or maybe it's, you know, a gift, this perspective that you have that says, no, I should be purposeful about creating these relationships for myself and helping other people create the relationships. And I think that's funny, right? Because we're also special needs moms and the life of a special needs mom can feel pretty isolating. I think, I don't know. Tell me about like, tell me about your parenting journey and how do you think like this perspective on relationships has served you just as you navigate um, what you navigate as a special needs mom? Sure. When Sam was first diagnosed, he was two, and 
where we lived at the time, I didn't have a lot of really close friends. We hadn't grown up there, but it was an established area where a lot of people had gone to high school together and had been to church together forever. And we just weren't really a part of that. Kind of tried and it just didn't really work out. So I felt very, very alone. We did live in, in a town that was close to my parents during the time when I was raising them when they were very young and Sam was diagnosed. But after that, when we moved to Maryland, we were in Maryland for seven years. And during that time, I still really never had any one-on-one -on -one personal in-person sit down over coffee together, special right. needs mom friend. And so yeah. I had to find that. I found it first in a virtual community. And I found it right. through Not Alone Special Needs Parenting, which has since merged with Key Ministry. And the the people there, Sandra Peoples and, and Jolene Philo, a lot of those people were instrumental in kind of bringing me into the virtual community there. And so I felt very involved with that. And I had a friend in college, she lives in LA. And one day she messaged me and she said, I have another friend here. She's our age. She has a son about Sam's age, also with autism. I really think you guys should you know, should talk and, and kind of meet. And so we talked to each other over the phone and it was, there was instant connection. And mm -hmm. I, I know if we lived close to each other, she would be like one of my best friends, you know? Wow. And it was just one of those instant connections. And there was another time when I was just in very deep, dark depression and our pastor knew of, of a friend of his in Florida, same age, kid with special needs, with autism, a little bit younger than Sam, gave us you know, hooked us up together, gave us each other's numbers. We called, we talked again, instant connection. And I've actually got to, to meet her in person a few times when we visited Florida. Since we, since moving to Kentucky, I found other in-person people, but a lot of it really isn't in person. A lot of it is kind of a, a virtual kind of community. And mm -hmm how the Lord has used that in my life is that as I've walked through this journey and I've experienced the things that I've experienced through diagnosis and grief and acceptance and more grief and, you know, that, mm -hmm. that cycle mm -hmm. that never quite right. seems to end. end through all of those different things, people will come to me, Hey, I've got a friend whose son was just diagnosed or, you know, I have a niece who whatever it is, there's a connection and they, and they know that I'm a connector. And so they contact me and say, can you call, they're really struggling. Can you give them a call or can they call you if they have any questions? And my answer is always, yes, here's my name. Here's my Facebook. Here's my email. Here's my phone number. <laughs> call me, text me anytime. Cause I want to be that person that I didn't really have, you know, right. I didn't really have someone that I could just, when he was, newly diagnosed. Our church didn't really understand a lot about it. Um, we, we had some issues there. And, and so I want to be the person that someone can call and they know that someone's going to listen to them and that they're not crazy for whatever things that they're thinking they're or thinking feeling. Or feeling. Mm -hmm. So it's been kind of interesting that, and I, I do know people in person now and, and those relationships are good. Um, but it, it's just been interesting that a lot of connection happens kind of in a virtual community. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how, how the Lord has used me in that and, and used my story.
I mean, virtual is as real as it gets in many ways because, I mean, I'm looking at you in your lovely closet. <laughs> You're looking at me in my bedroom if I turn around. And, and in many ways, technology has allowed us to, if we want to, bridge some of these um, isolation gaps that we're experiencing. One of the things that I think a lot about for us as special needs moms is that um, we are at such higher risk for emotional, mental, mental disorders, challenges emotionally and mentally and you know they studies say that like ptsd type symptoms and stuff like that are rife for us and so um and yet on the other hand you know studies also say and scripture teaches it how how much of a a bomb relationships are in in that kind of situation and right. it was yeah. there's a study by bruce perry he was saying for trauma that the only thing that actually reduces the debilitating effects of trauma is good lifelong relationships, you know? And so um, I wonder how, like, how would we as moms kind of build relationships into our lives to protect ourselves? Because so many of us, we want to be there for the long haul and we, can't, we kind of have to buffer ourselves in so many ways. And like relationship, our relational need is like number one of those big ones, right? So what right. do you think, how would we do this? That's a really good question. And, and a lot of it, I, I feel just in my experience in, in meeting different people, different seasons of life where they are with their kids with special needs and their different personalities. Personality, I think, has a lot to do with it. So mm -hmm. I'm the type of person that I am rejuvenated and refreshed by being with people. And for me, I can talk on the phone and I can get that satisfaction. You know, I, I can I can get that that input that I need that makes me feel like I've been heard and, and understood and, and I feel refreshed and, and rejuvenated by spending time with people in person or like this virtually or on the phone. And then there are others who they don't mind this kind of interaction, but they need it in small bite-sized chunks. You know, they need right. like Werther's originals, like just, you know, one or two a day <laughs> and right, the rest right. of the time they need to, they need to be alone to process, to relax. And that's how, you know, so how are you energized? Are you energized by being with people or are you energized by not being with people? And I think a, a big tendency can, can even kind of create an introvert out of someone who may have been more extroverted just because you are isolated a lot and you kind of get used to that. And so then, and you're always planning ahead, right? Like, okay, how can we minimize meltdowns? How can we minimize yeah, yeah. all these other things that could cause major disruption in our lives? Yeah, and so right. because of that, we get used to quiet in the house, kind of like parents who raise kids and then they're empty nesters for a while and then the kids have grandkids and then the grandkids come over and it's like whoa this is loud you know and because <laughs> you're not used to it you're not used to it constantly every day and so when you right. get used to the quiet you get used to the interaction with you and your child and you're trying to keep things at a minimum it kind of forces you inward mm -hmm. and so for people like me, we, I struggle against that and others, it's easier for them to accept. And so it makes them go inward even more because that's how they like it anyway. And right. now this life kind of affords them that. And not that they would use their kid as an excuse, but sometimes it could be, oh, well, like 
maybe in their mind, they're like, they're just, they're ready for a break. And so it's like, you know, I need to get my kid home because, you know, I'm trying to minimize, but really they're protecting themselves because they need to, you know, which is fine. That's just kind of how they operate. So I think it kind of, I, I place a lot of value on personality. And so when I meet someone who's, you know, really reserved, I know I kind of need to to back off a little bit, which is really hard for me to do. Cause I'm like, another special needs mom, let's talk, let's talk, you know? Um, <laughs> and they're like, whoa, let's take a step back. So I think personality plays a big part in that. And so I think I hear you saying that we need to kind of understand ourselves and understand how we energize. And so I'm that person you're talking about, right? I am the introvert, although I'm, I'm kind of borderline introverted, but I've come to understand that although I really love the deep dives with people, individuals, I, I do, I really enjoy that. I also need long periods of time to just get my energy back. And right. so, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I don't go places with my son. And if we are out places, I will quickly pull it, pull it up. I'm not going to engage for long periods of time. So right. somebody like me who, but who may not yet have, I guess, seen the value then of this thing that feels like it's so expensive because that's what it feels like it feels like it costs too much it's too much of a risk of disruption you're not going to understand my kid he is going to lose it and run all over the place he's going to destroy your stuff and then I will have all of this recoup that I need to do personally and emotionally it's not worth it right especially at the risk of you not understanding and I think yes even us introverts need these deep relationships just to continue to help our souls right. kind of just be nourished, you know? And so it's like having that clear intention to build that, you know? Yeah. What, what do you think would be one simple way that um, somebody could just have that intention and build that relationship? To build a relationship with someone else? Another personal. special needs mom, yeah. Sure. So I think reaching out and so first of all, being intentional about who you're going to pick, you know, you, right. maybe you already kind of, you know, you, there's, there's a few different people. Okay. Well, who do you think is going to, to be able to understand where you're coming from? And so, you know, figuring out who do you, who do you already kind of feel a connection with? Cause you probably already know them a little bit at least. Right. Um, so who do you already feel a little bit of a connection with? And then reaching out and for for introverts that could well really for anybody facebook messenger you know that's if you don't already have their phone number something like facebook messenger is is a good way to to start and just you know hey i saw you at therapy today you know maybe you're both hanging out in the therapy waiting room together um maybe that's a good place to start talking and hey maybe we could grab a cup of coffee sometime soon and if the, if there's like flat out like oh Thanks. Um, yeah, we'll have to see about that. But people who, who are really truly interested are normally like, oh, that's a great idea. You know, yeah, yeah let's yeah. let's make that work. You can kind of tell, but don't be discouraged even if they say no, you know, but try to find a time that maybe you can get together without your kids just for 20 or 30 minutes. Just start small, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, starting small. And sometimes starting small is starting a conversation on Facebook you know, like, Hey, how did therapy go today? Or, you know, if you know about something that's going on in their lives and just reaching out and just kind of offering, uh, an olive branch, so to speak, you know, just something small that, 
it's not going to cost you a great deal if if they lose the conversation. And the great thing about special needs moms, the relationships that I have when, when we're talking on the phone or, uh, or, or any other way virtually, usually not in, per well, sometimes even in person, we all understand that sometimes we have to leave immediately. Like, right. oh, something's <laughs> happening. I've got to go. And the other, it, nobody's offended. Nobody's no like, one. oh my goodness, she hung up on me. No one. <laughs> Nobody thinks that way. We all, that's the blessing of this type of relationship is that yeah. it, 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 it might be costly, but I think it's so worth it because you automatically have an in mm -hmm. because of the shared, because of the shared special needs life that, that you both have. And so, right. you know, one day I'm talking to a friend of mine on the phone and I hear my son starting to get upset and I can hear it escalating. And I'm like, I've got to go right now. And they said, okay, love you. Bye. And, mm -hmm, that's, and it. that's it. And we both know, and we can go for months. It doesn't even have to be like, oh, well, I can't keep up a relationship every week. Well, as special needs parents, we also understand that our lives get really busy and really crazy and really hectic. My friend in California, we went for, there were several months where neither one of us called the other one. And then one day she messaged me and said, it's been way too long. When can we talk? And, and then we, we talk when we can. And when we have to leave, we have to leave. And that's that. But the relationship is still intact. So yeah. just because there's not super, um, just because there's not a lot of actual contact yeah. doesn't mean that the relationship is non-existent. It just means yeah. you, we're understanding that their lives are crazy and things are going on and maybe their personality is such that I'm, I'm, ext I'm extroverted and they're introverted. So they need some time, some space, whatever it may be. We just have a greater understanding of each other within that relationship. So, but to start small and start, just find, find anything, Facebook messenger, coffee, in WhatsApp. the room, whatever it is, just start small. I've, I've used WhatsApp, that's that um, the phone thing, especially works well internationally and WhatsApp allows long voice notes. Facebook messenger allows only like one minute voice notes and I've sent two, three, four minutes WhatsApp voice notes um, because I, you know, the person can listen and it feels like a conversation, but there's no, no kind of demand to reply immediately. And so, you know, you can kind of keep this thing going. And I think you're right, just short, um, intentional connections right. go a far way to our own emotional healing and stuff. So right. thank you. Thank you. So you've started a business. Well, tell us about your business, first of all, just in case we need some services. Sure. So I am the virtual visionary and you can find me on the virtual Make sure you've got the, the in there, the virtual And I'm a VA. I'm a virtual assistant. Okay. So yeah. What does that mean? Tell us. So a virtual assistant, there's a lot of things that that can mean for, for different people. What I do, the majority of what I do is website design, uh, social media management, and some email management as well. And for one particular client, I did a lot of research. I, my husband says I missed my calling in the CIA because I can find just about any piece of information that, that we need. Um, not, not everything, but a lot of things I can, I can kind of find. Um, so I do 
you know, I, I schedule posts on Facebook for my clients. I do website designs for them. Um, uh, one client, it, they're creating like a, a, an online course. And so they needed some audio modules. So they said, <laughs> my client actually said, you have a very nice speaking voice. Have you ever thought about doing voiceovers or voice acting? <laughs> and no one had ever said that to me before. I don't like the sound of my, no, nobody, normally nobody likes the sound of their own voice. So I started recording audio modules for the courses. So it's kind of a, there's a lot of different things that that can mean for different clients, but Mm -hmm. um, it's just all the little things that bog you down. I can mm -hmm. take that on and free up some of your mental space and your physical space even. That sounds delightful because there's a lot of stuff that I think as entrepreneurs, especially as moms who are entrepreneurs, there's a lot of stuff that we're just not getting to. And so your information will be in the show notes below. And just if anybody wants to reach out to Sarah, definitely just, you might have a small project even that you're, you've been procrastinating on. Yeah. Um, so how does this, your passion for relationships impact how you do your business though, or does it, or like, tell us about that. How do you feed this in? My very first client was somebody that I already knew and kind of a friend already virtually uh, we were in the same writing circle for key ministry and i was actually asking and she's an author and i was actually asking the writing team because a lot of them are published authors and asking them where would i even go to publish my services as a va and she contacted me and said actually i might I think I've been, I've been thinking about getting a VA. So we started working together. So I already knew her and our relationship has, has budded a lot more into a friendship. It's a professional relationship, but we also care about each other. So mm -hmm. she'll ask me about things going on in my life. I ask her about things going on in her life. I've done a lot of projects for her over the years. She's still with me. She's still my number one client and, um, and other clients that I have, I, not not that we're best friends but you know we i like to ask them you know how are things how are things going and i don't know it's just kind of been a the people that i've ended up working with are mostly people that i already knew and already had a little bit of a relationship with and so working together only deepened that relationship so um I, and i just i like to I like to be someone that they can count on. I like to be a person that they can talk to, you know, and not, I don't like just super cold, you know, Hey, did you get this done? Okay, good. You know? Right. 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 So yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure how to put it into words. Exactly. No, that's cool. So I think because one of the things that I say with, with some of the women that I get to work with is that it's when we find our one thing that that's just our thing, it's your jam then work becomes play. It's like work is energizing when we're doing the thing that we're kind of meant to do. And so it sounds like because relationship building is just your thing, you know, whether it's being a virtual assistant or anything else, that's just what you will do. And it, it kind of creates energy for you. Right. And energy, you know, you, 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 you create you become the extra family member I need if I if you were to, if you were to be a VA with me. And so that's, I sound like that nice, juicy fit. Yeah. In terms of creating more of a want, because I think especially these moms too, 
we're exhausted a lot of the time. And many of us, when we decide to start another thing, a side hustle of something to create more income for, more fa- for our families, we can't create something that's going to take energy. Right. But it sounds like you've created something that's not only providing income, but it's also feeding you. Feeding right. You. Right. I felt that in the beginning, my calling was specifically for people who were starting out like I once was, but didn't have the budget to pay for a really expensive VA, $7,500 an hour. I, those are not my rates. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I wanted to be someone who could give help to someone who's trying to get a website going, you know, and understanding WordPress. Oh my goodness, the headache and the, the frustration and the confusion around, they really need to do something about that. But in the meantime, all the things, all the things that get updated. Right, right. There's just so many and understanding self-hosted versus WordPress.com and, and the things that you're allowed to do on that versus the other. And well, what does this require of me? And I, taught myself all of those things as I went along because I was doing it for my own personal reasons in the beginning. I just started a blog as a special needs mom. And then as I went on, I was learning how to run a website and how to switch from blogger to WordPress and what that meant and how to do all of that and getting involved in website design. And I'm not a graphic designer, um, but I've, I've been working with this for a while. I, I, now I have a really good grasp on how to do websites and, and what I do. And I like to teach people, but I also like to be someone, you know, some people, they know that they can send me a message like, Hey, I'm having a problem with this, with this one thing. How do I fix it? And they know I'm not going to be like, okay, uh, I can tell you for this much, you know, mm-hmm. I just, I just want to help them. And then if they have a project that they really want me to engage in, then we can enter a professional business relationship at that point. But I'd like to be someone who's just there to, to help. And, and even if they do hire me, I want to be affordable because I know that for people like me, you know, you're at home, special needs parents, we have a lot of expenses, you know, we're trying to raise funds for therapy and things. We don't have money to shell out to a VA, you know, but for certain projects and things, if we can kind of, you know, see the value in, in investing in that, then, then I'm your person. So in, in wrapping up, what would you say to a mom who's thinking, like, I need to create something, but I, I don't know, like, everything feels overwhelming. As you said, I've been trying to figure out therapy for kids and who has the time and trust I have more than one. What would you say about somebody who's thinking about starting an idea, trying to come up with something? So where you should start is with what what is something that you already have the knowledge of that you already possess mm-hmm. that you can do well yes. that other people are in need of? And that's, mm-hmm. that's not as easy a question as it sounds. It's, it's a, you know, it seems like, Oh, well we have all the other people can seem to rattle off all of our skills, but when it comes to evaluating your own self and what are you able to do, you think to yourself, ah, I don't know. Does putting together peanut butter sandwiches count? You know, does does research? You know, the thing is, as a special needs parent, I I threw myself into research and I learned how to find the information I needed to find for therapy and for insurance and all of these different things. And now now I have people who say I need I need help looking up this information. I don't have time to do it, and I wouldn't even know where to start because I'm not tech savvy. Where do, where do I begin? So that's something that I already had. I already knew how to type and I could type really fast. So 
computer skills in general, uh, I already had that under my belt. I already knew how to build. I already knew how to build a basic blog, and so I could I could start there. So first of all, figuring out what skills do you have that you already own that you don't have to pour money into learning how to do because you don't you don't yeah. need that. Maybe that can come down the road at some point. I would love to learn design and graphic design, but that is just not on my plate right now. So mm -hmm. that's I, I, I siphon that out to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so what are the skills that you already have that you are good at that other people see value in and would pay money for? And secondly, starting small, mm -hmm. starting with just a very simple, project helping helping a friend i helping a friend do something and the third piece to that uh, the number 3 part of that is being willing to do a little bit of work for free to build up your portfolio mm -hmm. because people want to see that you know what you're doing and the only way to show them that especially in the virtual world is by by actually saying go to this website you can see that i did this or look at this document you can see that i formatted it this way mm -hmm. those kinds of things and so i had a friend who she was starting her own side hustle as uh, an equestrian uh, masseuse horse massage mm -hmm. and so i helped her build a website it was one of the free website things so she didn't have to pay money for it but i helped her build it so that went on my portfolio i contacted a local therapy clinic and said i noticed you have a facebook page but you don't have a website would you be willing to, and i knew i knew the, i knew at least one of the owners and i asked would you be willing to work with me for a very steep discount that we could work together you can get a website and you know i can build my portfolio and i can have a little bit of income for it too and they said yes Mm -hmm. And my first client, she started out with me. We started with web design and then social media management. And, and as time grew, she needed, I've done four different websites for her now. And then those websites in a couple of years are going to need to be updated. And guess who's right. going to get paid to do that job? So starting yeah. small, finding, P and I know that's really hard. <laughs> All of the research that I did said, find someone that you know. And I thought, I don't know anybody who needs a website. So you've got to be a little creative, think outside of the box, ask other friends for input, you know, and don't be afraid to turn anything down and right. don't be afraid to work for free for, for a little while, just to build up, if nothing else, to build your own experience, especially if you've never done it before. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I always tell people is I don't know how to do that but I am always willing to learn something new. So if I don't know how to do what you are going to need me to do in the future, I'm willing to learn how to do it. And I am honest if I can't do it. Right. And that's something that as a special needs mom, we need to learn how to say no. So yeah. that's number four is don't be afraid to say no. Even if you need the money, even if fill in the blank, don't be afraid to say no because if you say yes, that can actually be more detrimental to you in all different kinds of ways in the future, because yep, yep. that person can give you bad reviews and then you're gonna have to overcome those bad reviews. You're going to lose money on the deal. You're going to lose time. You're going to lose sleep. Your emotional and mental state Energy. are going to crumble. Mm -hmm. yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to learn how to say, if someone says, 
yeah, and I have a, I have a client now who says, okay, well, we're doing all of this. We want to, we want to do this too. What do you think about that? And I have said, that's a great idea, but I cannot personally do that. I can right. do this, but I cannot do that. So we're going to need to find someone else. And because the time and the resources that it would take for me to learn that particular thing are, as you said, too expensive. <laughs> the cost right. is not worth it. Right. And so say yes to the things that you think are feasible to manage, be realistic of expectations, always, always, always working with anybody, set expectations ahead of time of what exactly you will do, what services you will provide. I had one client that did not understand the expectations and thought I was kind of on call 24 seven at her every beck and call to make all kinds of things just appear out of thin air. And I, I actually had to fire her. <laughs> it was, and it, it ate me up because I'm a people pleaser. It, it was awful and horrible to go through that. And just, I felt physically ill from it. So when you see red flags, don't be afraid to wave your own flag and say, we need to figure out a way around this or back out or whatever it is. Right. So yeah, don't be afraid to, to, to do the things that you know you need to do. You do that for your kid. You do the things right. that you need to do for your kid. You stand up to the teacher. You stand up to the insurance. You stand up for whatever. So you also need to stand up for yourself and say, and put boundaries on yourself and say, no, this is how far I can go. And I will not go any farther. Um, and, and, and if there's something that comes up, then measure the cost. And that's in, in the end, it's ultimately your decision. That's an amazing mini course, because I think that's exactly the thing, right? Finding the thing you already know how to do. And you're right. Many of us so struggle with acknowledging what we're good at. I, I tell women, it's the stuff that your friends ask you to do anyway. Right. It's that stuff that people call you on the phone for. Say, hey, Faith, hey, Sarah, can you tell me where I would find the this? Then you know, it's that thing. That's, that's the stuff right. you do effortlessly. And be able to monetize that and have, build your experience monetizing that. Yes. Um, but thank you so much for sharing that. And that's, that's you guys, if you're listening in, I just definitely rewind the section and take some notes because those four steps, five steps are pretty, pretty amazing. I think especially for us as women about the boundaries that right. we set to, to protect ourselves. And that, that so, has come from hard lessons that I have learned in personal experience. So yeah, if I can too. prevent anyone from that kind of heartache and disruption because mm -hmm. it caused a lot of disruption in our family it just because I was so consumed with with pleasing this this one client and coming to the realization that I can't please her and I'm going to have to I'm going to have to say no that was really really hard for me so people pleasers out there gird your <laughs> loins because it's not easy but setting those boundaries on your time and on your mental state and and now that I'm thinking about it, gosh, there's so many more things I could, I could say, set boundaries on your time, but maybe, maybe another but time. Yes. But yeah, but that's just, just as a clear guideline that knowing that you need to set boundaries and knowing that you need to be clear, because the point of this is to create more for you and to give into you both right. income and energy. And so the first like red flag is when something is, you're giving out more right. in terms of your energy, emotionally, especially. Um, mm -hmm. It's consuming you. That word consume, once it starts to do that, then that's something that we need to interrogate. 
Right. So, so thanks for sharing that, Sarah. And so if, in wrapping up, um, is there any um, one word that you'd give to a mom right now who says, I feel lonely, just kind of anchor her in the present moment and give her a message of hope, one, two words. What do you think? Well, my message of hope is always hope. <laughs> yeah, hope. Thanks. That there is, there is hope in things that this is not permanent. Where you are is not a permanent thing. Mm-hmm. Where you are, you will not stay where you are. It might feel like it. You might think my child is nonverbal and we know he'll be nonverbal in another five years. That may be true, but in another five years, things are going to be different. And yeah in a lot of different ways that you can't even recognize right now. So things are not permanent where they are. Mm-hmm. All hope is not lost when you, when you are lonely and when you feel, especially for those who experience a lot of anxiety and putting themselves out there. I, I've yeah. known people who they've been hurt by the past. They've been, they've been burnt, you know, by relationships in the past that have just really, really hurt them. And they put themselves out there and they got hurt. And so reaching out and doing it again is, is really, really hard to do. Or even accepting if someone is reaching in to them and accepting and trusting that that person is not going to hurt you again. Um, and so just, I, I guess that went in a different direction that I was thinking, but hoping in that, that relationships can happen even where you are, to be open to, to new things coming in, to new people coming into your life, especially if you really just don't like change and, and you feel um, that you have to protect yourself and, and your family and, and you've got really tight boundaries, to, to loosen them up within, within reason, to be accepting of, of new things, to be open to, to new relationships, whether you're the one reaching out or whether they're the ones reaching in and you have to accept it and, and to, to start small. So hoping in that, but also giving yourself grace and not beating yourself up over the fact that maybe you missed an opportunity or you didn't do this, or you should have pursued that. Or if I had only, what if I had, my mom had a magnet on her refrigerator that says, what if doesn't exist? So don't even go there. Don't go there. Don't, Don't go, go there. there. So give yourself grace in that whatever's happening right now, it, it's not going to be permanent. Um, God is making all things new. That's, that is the scripture that I hold on to in Revelation. It says, behold, he is making all things new. And there's going to be a day where we're not going to have all of these things. We're not going to have the special needs that, that we struggle with. And our children will speak and we'll be able to communicate with them and, and there will be perfection that, that's coming. But even, even before we get there, it's not completely in the, it is in the future, but it's happening now. It's the already, not yet. It's already here because Jesus has come. And so God is using all of these things. He is creating, even in the midst of chaos, even, even in our little homes where we are, where we serve and we're doing the same thing day in and day out there is something brewing under the surface that you can't see and it is coming. So hope in that. I think hope is a beautiful kind of um, culminating message because hope means that I can trust for the positive outcome, even when I don't exactly know 
yes. what it is. I can trust. And so thank you for just kind of anchoring us in that. That I can that I have stories. My son is twenty, so I have lots of stories looking back. Right. In that moment I couldn't see. It, there was yeah. there was there was nothing to see. It, there was nothing to see. I couldn't know what was work, what was what was brewing. But right. now I can see. And so that gives me hope for the stuff that I can't see now. He's 20 and there's a ton of stuff that I feel confused and bothered by. But then I can look back and say, see all those things that I couldn't see that came. And so then the hope feeds on itself. So Right. It's like a tree that's newly, yeah. pla- that's newly planted. The tree looks the same day to day. But what you can't see is under the surface, those roots are growing. The root systems are they're growing bigger. They're growing stronger. They're spreading out. And you can't see it. And all you see is this puny little tree with a handful of leaves on it. And even weeks go by and you're thinking nothing has changed. with What's going on? Mm-hmm. What's happening? But years later, years and years and years later, the tree is big and it's strong and its leaves give shade and a home for the animals and the roots are big and strong and grounded underneath. And so that is our hope in Christ is the the root were rooted in Christ there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you again. I, I we had, you know, I promised you that we'd be having only a short conversation and see us. <laughs> we're gonna pull it together. That's, that's the thing. Two special needs minds and we just get to talking. But thank you so much for taking this time. Um, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been listening in. Uh, reach out to Sarah if you have any questions. All her information is in the show notes and Continue to hold on to your courage to create more of what you want, even though things look confusing. Continue, continue, don't stop. Hope, don't stop. So until next time, we will talk to another courageous person who's creating more of what they want. This is Disrupt and Lead. Take care.